Volume Three, Chapter Sixteen of Gwenwin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Gwenwin, A Romance of the Wye by Mainreed. Volume Three, Chapter Sixteen. A Strange Father Confessor. He's gone away, giving it up. Be glad, madame. Father Rogier so speaks on entering the drawing room of Langoran Court, where Mrs. Murdoch is seated. What, Gregoire? Were her husband present, it would be Pere, but she is alone. Who's gone away, and why am I to rejoice? Le Capitaine. Ha! she ejaculates with a pleased look showing that the two words have answered all her questions in one are you sure of it the news seems too good for truth it is true nevertheless so far as his having gone away whether to stay away is another matter we must hope he will i hope it with all my heart and well you may madam as i myself we had more to fear from that chien de chasse than all the rest of the pack i have still unless he's found the scent too cold and in despair abandoned the pursuit which i fancy he has thrown off by that little rock slide a lucky chance my having caught him at his reconnaissance and rather a clever bit of strategy so to baffle him wasn't it chérie superb the whole thing from beginning to end you've proved yourself a wonderful man Grégoire rogier and i hope worthy of olympe you have merci so far that's satisfactory and your slave feels he has not been toiling in vain but there's a good deal more to be done before we can take our ship safe into port and it must be done quickly too i pine to cast off this priestly garb in which i've been so long miserably masquerading and enter into the real enjoyments of life but there's another and more potent reason for using dispatch breakers around us on which we may be wrecked ruined any day any hour le capitaine raycroft was not or is not the only one richard le braconnier you're thinking of no 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 of him we needn't have the slightest fear i hold his lips sealed by a rope around his neck whose nose i can draw tight at the shortest notice i'm far more apprehensive of monsieur votre mari in what way more than one but for one his tongue there's no knowing what a drunken man may do or say in his cups and monsieur murdoch is hardly ever out of them suppose he gets to babbling and lets drop something about well i needn't say what there's still a suspicion abroad plenty of it and little a spark applied to tinder a word would set it ablaze c'est vrai fortunately mademoiselle had no very near relatives of the male sex nor any one much interested in her fate save the fiancé and the other lovers the rustic and rejected one shenstone fee of him we need take no account even if suspicious he hasn't the craft to unravel a clue so cunningly rolled as ours and for the ancien Lussard 
and let us hope he is yielded to despair and gone back whence he came luck too in his having no intimacies here or i believe anywhere in the shire of hereford had it been otherwise we might not so easily have got disembarrassed of him and you think he is gone for good i do at least it would seem so on his second return to the hotel in haste as it was he had little luggage and that he has all taken away with him so i learned from one of the hotel people who professes our faith further at the railway station that he took ticket for london course that means nothing he may be en route for anywhere beyond round the globe if he feel inclined to circumnavigation and i shall be delighted if he do he would not be much delighted had he heard at the railway station of what actually occurred that in getting his ticket captain ryecroft had inquired whether he could not be booked through boulogne still less might father rogier have felt gratification to know that there were two tickets taken for london a first class for the captain himself and a second for the waterman wingate travelling together though in separate carriages as befitted their different rank in life having heard nothing of this the sham priest as he has now acknowledged himself is jubilant at the thought that another hostile pawn in the game he has been so skilfully playing has disappeared from the chessboard in short all have been knocked over queen bishops knights and castles alone the king stands he tottering for levin murdoch is fast drinking himself to death it is of him the priest speaks as king has he signed the will we oui? when this morning before he went out the lawyer who drew it up came with his clerk to witness i know all that interrupts the priest as i should having sent them let me have a look at the document you have it in the house i hope in my hand she answers diving into a drawer of the table by which she sits and drawing forth a folded sheet of parchment le voila she spreads it out not to read what is written upon it only to look at the signatures and see they are right well knows he every word of that will he himself having dictated it a testament made by levin murdoch which at his death leaves the langoran estate as sole owner and last in tale he having the right so to dispose of it to his wife olympe ne renault for her life then to his children should there be any surviving failing such to gregoire rochier priest of the roman catholic church and in the event of his demise preceding that of the other heirs herein before mentioned this day to what remains of it to become the property of the convent of boulogne sur mer france for that last clause which is yours gregoire the nuns of boulogne should be grateful to you or at all events the abbess lady superieure or whatever she is called so she will he rejoins with a dry laugh when she gets the property so conveyed unfortunately for her the reversion is rather distant and having to pass through so many hands there may be no great deal left of it on coming into hers nay he adds in exclamation his jocular tone suddenly changing to the serious 
if some step be not taken to put a stop to what's going on there won't be much of the langoran estate left for anyone not even for yourself madam under the fingers of monsieur with the cards in them it's being melted down as snow on the sunny side of a hill even at this self-same moment it may be going off in large slices avalanches mon dieu she exclaims with an alarmed air quite comprehending the danger thus figuratively portrayed i wouldn't be surprised he continues if to-day he were made a thousand pounds the poorer when i left the ferry he was in the welsh harp as i was told tossing sovereigns upon its bar counter heads and tails who wins not he you may be sure no doubt he's now at the gaming-table inside engaged with that gang of sharpers who have lately got around him staking large sums on every turn of the cards jews eyes ponies and monkeys as the chevaliers d'industrie facetiously term their money if we don't bring all this to termination that will you have in your hand won't be worth the price of the parchment it's written upon comprenez-vous chérie parfaitement but how is it to be brought to a termination for myself i haven't an idea has any occurred to you gregoire as the excortesan asks the question she leans across the little table and looks the false priest straight in the face he knows the bent of her inquiry told it by the tone and manner in which it has been put both significant of something more than the words might otherwise convey still he does not answer it directly even between these two fiends in human form despite their mutual understanding of each other's wickedness and the little reason either has for concealing it there is a sort of intuitive reticence upon the matter which is in the minds of both for it is murder the murder of levin murdoch le pauvre homme ejaculates the man with a pretence of compassionating under the circumstances ludicrous the cognac is killing him not by inches but else and i don't believe he can last much longer it seems but a question of weeks maybe only days thanks to the school in which i was trained i have sufficient medical knowledge to prognosticate that a gleam of delight passes over the face of the woman an expression almost demonical for it is a wife hearing this about her husband you think only days she asks with an eagerness as if apprehensive about that husband's health but the tone tells different as the hungry look in her eye while awaiting the answer both proclaim she wishes it in the affirmative as it is only days he says as if his voice were an echo still days count in a thing of this kind ay even hours who knows but that in a fit of drunken bravado he may stake the whole estate on a single turn of cards or cast of dice others have done the like before now gentlemen grander than he with titles to their names rich in one hour beggars in the next i can remember more than one ah so can i englishmen too who usually wind up such matters by putting a pistol to their heads 
and blowing out their brains true monsieur hasn't any much to blow out but that isn't a question which affects us myself as well as you i risked everything reputation which i care least about if the affair can be brought to a proper conclusion but should it fail then i need not tell you what we've done if known would soon make us acquainted with the inside of an english jail monsieur throwing away his money in this reckless fashion must be restrained or he'll bring ruin to all of us therefore some steps must be taken to restrain him and promptly vraiment i ask you again have you thought of anything gregoire he does not make an immediate answer but seems to ponder over or hang back upon it when at length given it is itself an interrogation apparently unconnected with what they have been speaking about would it greatly surprise you if to-night your husband didn't come home to you certainly not in the least why should it it wouldn't be the first time by scores hundreds for him to stay all night away from me ay and at that same welsh harp too many's the night to your great annoyance no doubt if it did not make you dreadfully jealous she breaks out into a laugh hollow and heartless as was ever heard in an allee of the chardin mabille when it is ended she adds gravely the time was when he might have made me so i may as well admit that not now as you know gregoire now instead of feeling annoyed by it i'd only be too glad to think i should never see his face again le brut ivrogne to this monstrous declaration rogier laconically rejoins you may not then placing his lips close to her ear he adds in a whisper if all prosper as planned you will not she neither starts nor seeks to inquire further she knows he has conceived some scheme to disembarrass her of a husband she no longer care for to both become inconvenient and from what has gone before she can rely on rogier with its execution end of chapter sixteen read by lars rolander